Welcome to Make Me Your Voice with Pastor David Bartowell. These messages are intended to deepen your faith and trust in a living God who speaks to us with hope and reason. Today's message comes to us from the Gate Christian Bible Church in Orange County, California. Obviously, we live in perilous times. I mean, I just keep wondering, what country did I sign up for? I was not born in this country. I became a citizen in 1987, and I had waited my turn in line, and I'll never forget how great the day was when I held up my right hand and to uphold the Constitution of the United States, put my right hand on my heart, and said the Pledge of Allegiance together with hundreds of other people. It was one of the best days of my life. And I remembered when I went through that time to become a citizen, I never signed up for Venezuela. You know, I never signed up for China. I signed up for America, one nation under God. And even though it seems that our nation is crumbling, which obviously physically in the material world it is, and spiritually it has been for a long time, we can look to the Lord and know that He is working behind the scenes. He's allowed the devil to take off and do his last things that he'll let him do. But at some point, that's all going to stop. Because God cannot let evil prevail. That's not what's going to happen. So we have to trust God and realize that we are in a historic time. Welcome to 2021. We look back and see that our nation was founded on courage. On December 25th, 1776, in the midst of freezing rain and snow, George Washington led his men across the icy Delaware River. And even though Washington's army was depleted, he crossed the river with his army and landed on the shores of New Jersey to fight for freedom. And his soldiers were commanded by Washington to not let anyone pass the line in the sand without the password, which was victory or death. Washington's bravery opened up the door for America to become a sovereign, free nation, one nation under God, fighting for what is right and good is worth the trouble. And that's what we're doing. We're in a war. We're in a battle, a battle for the kingdom of God. And we got to be brave. We got to be ready. And as Washington, we must stop being on the defense and start being on the offense. Because our password is victory or death. And it's all for the sake of Christ and for his gospel. So today, we're going to continue the series, Get Ready for a Breakthrough, Part 3, The Battle. And we're going to learn how to win the battle because we're going to see bravery against all odds in one of the greatest Bible stories in the Bible, David versus Goliath. So let's go through this together. In order to win the battle, don't listen to pessimistic voices, people. Don't listen to them. They're not true. I remember when I was enrolled as a college student in junior college, one of the assignments was to write a poem. It was a literature class. And one of the assignments was to write a poem and then read it. And I asked the teacher, I said, hey, can I write a song and perform it? Because that's what I did. And I had the piano there and I performed my song in front of the entire class. 
And this is how the teacher responded. She said, quote, you're a very good piano player and a really good songwriter, but if I were you, I wouldn't sing. Have you ever heard those pessimistic voices before? You'll never amount to anything. Or, why can't you be more like so-and-so? See, David was the youngest of eight sons. He was last in line. But God gave him a first-in-line kind of faith. The Philistines were Israel's greatest nemesis. They occupied the land of Canaan. They're known today as Palestinians, and they're still Israel's greatest nemesis. During David's day, the Philistines had come to rule over Israel. They had stolen the Ark of the Covenant. And David enters the scene as a teenager in 1 Samuel 16. Out of nowhere, he becomes the anointed king. See, King Saul had become weak. The Spirit of the Lord had departed from him, and his throne was handed over to David by God. And the story of David and Goliath is found in 1 Samuel 17. The Philistines had gathered their armies for battle, and they sent their champion, Goliath, to taunt Israel. The Bible says that Goliath measured six cubits and a span tall, which is equal to nine feet, nine inches tall. Now, some manuscripts that were found in the Qumran relics states that he was four cubits and a span tall. Maybe over time it got expanded a little bit, but that's still equal to six feet, nine inches. In either case, he was huge. He was bigger, taller, and stronger than any of Israel's warriors. And here's what he shouted from the mountaintop. I defy Israel. Send someone who will fight me. And if I lose, we will become your servants. Now Saul and all the Israel army shrank in fear at the sound of Goliath because the enemy always tries to discourage you. And David, the whole time he was in Bethlehem, tending his father's sheep. And then his father sent him to bring food to his brothers on the battle line. And as David shows up delivering the food, he hears Goliath's taunting words and courage and faith rose up in David. And he looks straight in the eyes of the man in Israel. And he basically said this, why are you letting this punk, this uncircumcised, disgraceful Philistine speak this way about Israel and the armies of the living God. Why are you doing that? You know, it's like the halftime speech. You know, get out there and play, battle. He's like, that's not right. He is taunting God. He is mocking God. And that's what this country and the leaders in our country are doing. They're mocking God. When the prayer for the opening of the Congress and the person that prayed with a man and a woman we can laugh about it, but it mocked God. And the Bible says that God shall not be mocked. You reap what you sow. And that warring spirit of God that rose up in David needs to rise up in his church because he couldn't be silent anymore. David, the shepherd boy who played musical instruments and wrote poetry, he was the one that stood up and spoke truth to power. Now, it's important to note that just before this, David had been hired by Saul 
to quiet Saul's bitter soul by playing worship music on his guitar. David was described to Saul this way. Behold, I've seen a son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite, who is a skillful musician, a mighty man of valor, a warrior, one prudent in speech, and a handsome man, and the Lord is with him. You know what the best part about that resume there is? The Lord is with him. That's the most important part of the resume. But David was a worshiper and therefore a warrior because they go hand in hand. This is how I fight my battles. I worship. I war in the spirit. That's how God saw David as a warrior, not a worrier. Think about that. Don't be a worrier. Be a warrior. But his peers saw him as some young shepherd boy who would amount to nothing. And here's what I want to tell you. It's how God sees you that matters the most. When David rose up in his courage display, Saul tries to discourage him. Saul said to David, David, you're not able to go against that Philistine. You're a youth. Well, he's been a warrior from his youth. See, pessimistic voices always try to tell you what you can't do. Saul was the king, though. David listened respectfully to Saul, but he didn't believe him. And that's the key. Some people will try to discourage you from being who God called you to be. You can listen to them, but you don't have to believe them. Believe God. And if there was ever a time for David to rise up, It is now. So in order to win the battle, don't listen to pessimistic voices. Secondly, in order to win the battle, don't be someone you're not. Goliath was a trained warrior. He wore a bronze helmet. He was dressed in thick armor, and the tip of the spear alone weighed 20 pounds. David was a musician that just happened to be good with sheep. He carried a sling. He wore a pouch with stones. Have you ever worn something that's not comfortable? It's so uncomfortable that you couldn't wait to take it off. Like a mask? Do you know I'm not against masks? If they help protect people, that's fine. But here's what we have to see it as. In the spirit realm, it's a way that the devil is trying to silence God's people. When you wear a mask, you're covering the very part of your body that preaches and teaches and worships and speaks truth. So here's the thing. When you're wearing a physical mask, don't wear a spiritual mask. Speak. Sing. Praise God. Be like David. When God had put on my heart, in 2003, to start the gate. The last thing I wanted to do was be a senior pastor who had to speak and deliver messages. That scared me. See, I was a musician who was pretty good with sheep. The thought of speaking publicly was agonizingly terrorizing. And this is what I told God. I said, Lord, if you want me to plant a church, you got to send a speaking pastor because I'm not him. The problem was that I thought I had to be like someone I'm not. I thought I had to emulate other senior pastors 
who I'd work with, who most were bigger than life, charismatic extroverts who loved being at the center of attention. That was not me. The more I tried to be like them, the more I failed. It wasn't until I gave up trying to be someone else that I began to win the battle. The David in me came alive. What I feared the most, preaching, has become what I love the most. See, I was wearing the wrong clothes. And then I changed into the clothes God had picked out for me. And I put on Christ. You know what's so amazing about David? He was young, but he was extremely wise. Look at this verse. So Saul gives him all this armor and stuff. David straps his sword on over the military clothes and tried to walk, but he wasn't used to them. He says, I can't walk in these things. I'm not used to them. So David took them off. Stop trying to wear someone else's clothes. Stop trying to be someone you're not. Wear the clothes God has picked out for you. Be yourself. We know the story, right? David, he went to the river and picked out five stones, put them in his pouch, took a sling. And all this debate, people can talk forever theologically about, you know, why did David take five stones? Was he afraid like he couldn't just do it with one stone? That's one theory, you know? Or what if he missed? So he had four backup, right? No, this is what I believe. That's what he was used to wearing. Like if you have a revolver, do you just put one bullet in there or six? He was used to that. He had a pouch with five stones. He's out in the wilderness protecting sheep. He might need more than one stone at that point. But in this case, he only needed one. But he still took five because that's what he's used to. Be yourself. David was a pastor, a shepherd, a skilled musician who took care of his father's sheep. Turn to 1 Samuel chapter 17. So we're going to start in verse 33. Verse 33 of 1 Samuel 17. So Saul said to David, You're not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him. For you are but a youth, while he has been a warrior from his youth. But David said to Saul, Your servant was tending his father's sheep when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb from the flock. I went out after him. I attacked him. I rescued that poor lamb from the mouth of the devil of the enemy. And when he rose up against me, I seized him by his beard and struck him and killed him. Do you know what? That's a pastor's heart. A pastor's heart is where you care about the sheep that God has given you responsibility over. And you don't want them to go get attacked by the enemy. You want them to thrive in the safety of the sheep pen and be fed with the word of God. You care about them as you care about your own family. That's a pastor's heart. Your servant, he goes on, verse 36, your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. And then David says, and you think this uncircumcised giant isn't just going to be like one of them? Especially since he's taunted us. He's taunted God's people. He's taunted the armies of the living God. And David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. 
And Saul said to David, Go, and may the Lord be with you. How was it possible that this young boy could have such courage? Because he practiced. He learned. Where? In the wilderness. That's where we learn the most. We don't learn as much on the mountaintop. I mean, look at us. We took so many things for granted while we're on the mountaintop. And now that we're in the wilderness, we're learning. We're being taught. We're being disciplined. We're practicing. See, 2020 was the year that God taught us his faithfulness because the lions and the bears, they tried to slaughter the lambs. But God ain't going to let that happen. He rescues us. That's why this series is based on this verse, Habakkuk 1.5. Read it with me. Look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed, for I am going to do something in your days that you would not believe even if you were told. Believe God. Trust God. Put your hope in Christ. Take off your spiritual mask. Be yourself. Wear the clothes that God has for you. And while you're in the wilderness, don't waste the wilderness experience. Practice. Practice. For when we go out, and I believe will be a revival like no other time, a great, great awakening awaits us. But it has to start in us. Like the vision of our community center. I always say, that ain't going to happen until it's in us. It has to be in us. So put on Christ. Third, in order to win the battle, do kill Goliath. But here's the problem with giants. They're hard to kill. But you got to finish the job by cutting off his head. But instead, we leave the giant there mortally wounded, but still alive. Now giants come in all types of forms, addictions, fears, anxiety, depression, illness, what's going on in our country, and some, like health issues, might never fully cease to exist. But thank God for the doctors and the medication that can tame, they can tame some of the giants. Other giants that can be killed, we leave alive. Why? Because we like them. They're our buddies. We rely on them. And they taunt us all day long. And we're afraid of them. Giants like unforgiveness, bitterness, unresolved anger, which lead to depression and destructive behavior. Those are giants that need to and can be killed, but their heads got to be cut off. You know the story. David did what he always did. He took stones from the river, put them in his shepherd bag. And he took his sling and his stone, and he said this to the giant. You come to me with a sword, a spear, and a javelin, but I come to you in the name of Yahweh, the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have taunted and mocked this day. The Lord will deliver you up into my hands, and I will cut off your head. And all the earth will know that there is a God in Israel. Was that easy? 
I doubt it. Is it true? Yes. All that is true. This day, Yahweh will deliver you. And I see, I have to take the sword and cut off his head. And then what happened? David slung his shot right into the forehead of the giant, and the giant fell, and the crowd went wild. But the job wasn't over, was it? What happened? David ran and stood over that giant and took his sword and drew it out and killed him and cut off his head with it. And when the Philistines saw their champion was dead, they fled because of one boy who had practiced in the wilderness and believed God for miracles, the giant was slayed. Now imagine if we all rose up like David, what giants would be slayed? The enemy fears us because we have the living God inside of us. They fear us. That's why they want to silence us. And they're going to continue to try and silence us. But we have to rise up like David and we have to run to the battle and we have to finish the job. And that has to be in your own life. What giants in your own life need to be killed? Which giant in your life needs to be slayed so that you could be free to be like David? What giant might be just mortally wounded in your life? But you got to finish the job because it's victory or death. God wants to do something in our day, in your day, that you wouldn't believe even if he told you. So why don't you let him do it? And don't try to help him out. Let him do it. Put on Christ. Wear the clothes that God has for you. Show up. Suit up. And maybe shut up. Because it's God's turn to speak. It's God's turn to speak. Are you listening to him? Are you listening to his voice? In the wilderness? Do you know that David wrote... The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want anything. He provides for me. He gives me rest. He makes me lie down in green pastures. This was while he was in peril and danger of the enemy attacking his sheep. Because he knew the truth. God always prevails. It's victory or death. What's going to happen this week? Whatever it is, may we see it as it is in the theater of God's glory. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, that you are seated on the throne and that you have given us all we need to win the battle. The sword of the Spirit is the word of God. And we shall not be silent. We should take off our masks. We should be ourselves. We should put on Christ. We should suit up, show up, and maybe shut up so that God can speak. In Jesus' name, amen. Pastor David Bartowell's message reminds us that God speaks to us with hope and reason so that we can be His voice in this world. Please join us again for Make Me Your Voice, a ministry of the Gate Christian Bible Church in Orange County, 
California. We would love to have you join us for a Sunday service. For more information or to find our location, please visit thegatecbc.com. Hey,